Welcome to part two of episode 103 of the Kirby on Sports podcast. All right, back with you. I'm Josh. Riding with me is Dan and Carlos. Gentlemen, let's hop right back into the Sunday slate, part of Super Wild Card Weekend. Dan, I'm sure you have a lot to talk about on this next game, but before we... Nah, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Before we get to you, I'll just give my thoughts on this game. The Baltimore Ravens defeat the Tennessee Titans 20-13. to They're able to stomp on their logo and show Tennessee what Baltimore is actually made of. And I, I will give you my one and only reason my one and only reason why Baltimore won't won, there are probably more reasons, but I will give you the number one reason why Baltimore won. And that is Derrick Henry, 18 carries for 40 yards. That was huge. Whatever, whatever kind of defense Baltimore was playing, they stopped Derrick Henry. And that was the key. That was absolutely hands down the key because well, for sure, Derrick for sure. Henry is a tank. That's just the beginning. You have Lamar Jackson popping off for 136 yards on the ground. Baltimore looked red hot in this game, and they made a statement because I believe the Titans were favored in this game, and Baltimore came out and won. And I think the Derrick Henry touchdown run in overtime in Baltimore left a bad taste in Baltimore's mouth. Mm -hmm. And plus Lamar Jackson, all the critics say Lamar Jackson is winless in the playoffs. They can no longer say that criticism. They they can no longer say that. And I think Lamar wanted to shut the haters up and Baltimore wanted to come out and show them what a show everybody, what a great team there they are. And, Hopefully they might make a run to the Super Bowl because that would be really nice to see the Ravens make a run to the Super Bowl. And we we will get thoughts on this game um, after we get our thoughts from Zach Parnes, the director of WBOC based in Salisbury, Maryland. So stay tuned for that. But Dan, 20 to 13. I mean, a lot to be impressed about. You got Lamar, 136 yards on the ground. And I mean, their defense just stepped up and played lights out. Yeah, that was that was the big thing. I'm, I'm going to start by saying this. Even if Lamar Jackson wins the Super Bowl this year, he's still going to have people hating on him because you want to know why? Because he's not a traditional quarterback. Nope. Because he doesn't stand in the pocket throw it 40 times a game and throw for 250 yards every game like Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes. Now, those are the extreme, you know, those are the greats. Those are who you're shooting for at this Mm -hmm. point. But I'm going to start by saying that. Um, You hit the nail on the head, though. the, The key coming into this game, and this is what everybody on every network for a week was talking about, how do you stop 2,000 yard rusher Derrick Henry who, by the way, was one of only six players in NFL history to ever do that. Um, and the, the Ravens, especially their defensive, uh, their defensive line, they were in the backfield most of this game. And what I, what I was impressed with was the tackling. Um, they really tackled Derrick Henry well. And, and we all know you, when you go to hit him, you have to hit him low because he's a big back. 
He shakes off those tackles up high. We've seen him stiff arm several players shamelessly before with uh, with reckless abandonment. So, <laughs> you know, that Man. that was the key coming in here. But also another thing to consider was, you know, Ryan Tannehill doesn't get enough credit for this offense. And they have some really solid receivers. Of course, A.J. Brown, that guy is a nightmare against defenses. And I will say early on in the game, the Titans went up 10 nothing. Um, especially on that touchdown pass where A.J. Brown did push off, but they didn't call it. Um, I'm, I'm not holding a grudge there because it didn't really matter. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I had a bad feeling about how that game was going to go when it starts, okay, two narratives going at the same time. You have, number one, Lamar and the Ravens. Um, I think they were 0-6 with Lamar when they were down by 10 or more points. I think that was a stat. And then, of course, also he was 0-2 in the playoffs. So you have two, two nightmare scenarios right there at the same time coming to fruition. And I just said, oh, my God, this can't be happening again because it was almost identical to how the playoff game went last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the falling behind by, I think it was 17 nothing in that game. So that was even worse. But you got to give Lamar credit. Um, you know, he just makes unbelievable plays. And that, that mm-hmm. touchdown run, that touchdown run at the end of the half, um, you're close to the end of the half that tied it up at 10 might be one of the best plays he's ever made. And that's, that's a third down and nine. That's a situation where, um, you know, it was probably four down territory and that's what they were saying at that point. Um, and that was just, I mean, cause you were kind of in no man's land there. That was an exceptional, exceptional play. And I, it's just amazing how much faster he is in open space than these defenders who have, a, a 10 to 15 yard start than he does. And, you know, there it's impossible to tackle him at an angle when he is gone. Um, when he really turns on the jets, yeah. um, that touchdown run was definitely one of the most exciting plays. I think I've ever seen him have. And the Ravens defense definitely deserves most of the credit in this game. You hold Tennessee who all season had been a consistently high-scoring offense, especially with Derrick Henry. But like I said, um, you know, they were the they were the second offense overall this year, averaging three uh, 396.4 yards per game. Um, that's mind-boggling. Now, most of that comes through the run, uh, but Tannehill can, you know, Tannehill can sling it around, like I said. So they, you know, they deserve credit really from front to back. Um they did a good job shutting A.J. Brown down and also getting a lot of pressure on Ryan Tannehill, I think, especially in the second half, made the difference for that defense. And, of course, offensively, I mean, what can you say? Lamar didn't throw a touchdown pass, which I know a lot of people are criticizing him about. But, look, he had 136 yards rushing, and he had mm-hmm. one of the craziest touchdowns that what we've seen in a long time. Um I was also happy to see Hollywood Brown finally have a solid game. He's been criticized a lot Mm -hmm. this year, rightfully so he's dropped a lot of passes. He's made a lot of bad mistakes, but he had, he had seven catches for 109 yards. um, And he had an, he had a nice catch where he was running down the sideline and he, he got brought down. um, I think, I think in the red zone. So it was just a complete game. Um, it wasn't pretty by any stretch of the imagination. We didn't score 40, 40 to 45 points. Um, but where we pride ourselves, and historically speaking, of course, is our defense. It starts with the defense, and they, they force turnovers. 
Um, they stopped Derrick Henry finally, held him to 40 yards. That stat yep. just blows my mind. <laughs> and you let Lamar be Lamar. Look, early on in the game, and especially in the first quarter, and I'm sure you guys noticed this, he looked scared in the pocket. I mean, first of mm-hmm. all, he wasn't moving around much in the pocket to start that game. Once that second quarter happened and they fall behind 10 nothing, that's when it clicked. I got to start moving around because when he runs, not just when he runs, you know, um, north and south, but of course, when he gets outside the pocket, he can create plays downfield through the pass as well. Um, they did a lot more of that. And they finally got the monkey off their back as far as Lamar 0 2 in the playoffs and trailing by 10 or more points. They got their first wins in those two categories. So, I mean, I was excited. I was happy. Um, but people, of course, criticized Lamar because he's, he's, like I said, he's not Patrick Mahomes. He's not Aaron Rodgers. He's not a guy mm-hmm. who's going to go out there and throw for 200 plus yards and two touchdowns. That's just not his game. Yeah. But, you know, you, you, you got to respect him. You got to respect him. I mean, it's, it's just crazy. And I think, like I said, even if he wins a Super Bowl, people are going to criticize him. And that's just how it goes. But um, I, I was pleased with the win. I was really excited about how our defense played. Um, I, I do think, you know, obviously Buffalo poses more challenges. I, I do think their defense, especially against the run, like uh, Carlos said earlier, is concerning. And I think that does favor the Ravens a little bit. But it's really all going to come down to how do we stop Josh Allen and their really good offense. And, uh, you know, we did it against Ryan Tannehill and, of course, the, the you know, King Henry. So I, I – I like our team's chances. I really do. Yeah. Um, man, I back to back to games where, you know, two people actually had a say in the matter with, you know, Washington and Baltimore. I wish my team could actually make it in the playoffs <laughs> where I could have, you know, where I would be afforded the opportunity to go on a, on a, you know, next year, Carlos. No, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. I have, you know, I can't trust the Cowboys, but, um, Fair enough. no, but, yeah, no, this game was – the fact that they held Derrick Henry to 40 yards was obviously the key thing because that's how everybody says you beat the Titans. If you force uh, Ryan Tannehill to have to throw to win, basically, and you don't let you know Derrick Henry get going, that's how you beat these Titans because that Titans defense is not good. Uh, it was a lot better last season than it was th- – this season it got a lot worse. Um <sighs> I don't really know where to begin, but I guess start with the Ravens defense, man. Like they played light, they, they played lights out. Uh, yeah. One thing that I, one thing that I saw was that uh, I believe it was uh Tony Dungy on like, it, it was like the post, you know, football night in America show on YouTube. I think it was where I saw him say like, like the, like you have Derek Henry, it takes him two steps to start going. So if you hit him before he takes those two steps, you're, you're going to stop him. And that's basically what they did the whole night or the whole day. Um, they just they just kept hitting him in the backfield and they just never let him get going. And then, you know, like you said, like like and to your point about Lamar Jackson, Dan, I mean, you're right. Like a, the reason why a lot of people don't like him in the media is because he's not a traditional quarterback. And the reason why I believe like he kind of dipped a little bit this season was because he, he started like listening to that criticism and tried being that. Mm -hmm. And that's just not who Lamar Jackson is like like Lamar Jackson. Like that's like that run he made was, he made two runs like that uh, 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 on Sunday. 
Like he made two incredible runs. And I always go back to the one that he made against Cincinnati last season, where he literally beat the whole entire defense just to get into the end zone. Like, and that was like, a, I don't know. I want to say it was maybe 75 yards. It was something crazy. Yep. And he like juked out the whole entire defense. And I'm like, <laughs> that's who you need to be. That's what got you the MVP last season. And this whole narrative that was built around him of, oh, he doesn't win the playoff game. Okay. Number one, he's, he's in his early twenties. Like, come on. He's it's 24. not like, yeah, he just that's what I'm 24. saying. He's younger. He's younger than me. Like, yeah, come on. Like he, he's, a, he, he, you know, give him some time. Like, I think it's because of the precedent that Patrick Mahomes has set because Patrick Mahomes mm-hmm. is also around that age and how he's already won a Super Bowl. I feel like they're being compared too much and they're not the same. Well, Patrick yeah. Mahomes and- is a totally different quarterback compared to Lamar Jackson. That's number one. Number two, okay, his first playoff run where, when they played, um, I don't remember if they were L- the LA Chargers or if they're the San Diego Chargers. I they think were, they were they the were, LA yeah, Chargers. LA Chargers, yep. Yeah, they were the LA Chargers at that point. Uh, you know, uh, don't forget, Lamar Jackson came in midseason for Joe Flacco. Yep. So that team wasn't really built for him. It was built for Joe Flacco. Okay, that was, and, and that was that was his first year starting. And he went Whatever. six and one. He went yeah. six and one. He took that team over, and they were done. And they went six and one and completely mm-hmm. changed that offense. Ended up um, and ended up crazy. winning the North. Ended yep. up winning the North and getting home field. And yeah, they didn't play the best game. That's fine. Then there was last year where you know the Titans just got hot, and that's what it was. Yep. The Titans just got hot, and you know, but mind you, they went fourteen and two last season. Yeah, you know? like it's it's not like these are not flukes. He won the MVP. I don't understand why there's this narrative, this this much hate towards them, and it's been happening since. I remember since co- since he was in college when he won the Heisman. I remember a lot of people saying he didn't deserve it. That it should have gone like Deshaun Watson that year, right. or something. Which fair, that's fine, but like. He, he, you cannot doubt this man's talent. This man is good, and he's just not a traditional quarterback. He is a he, he he's a mobile quarterback. He, he he's going to destroy you with his legs, but he can make the key passes when he needs to. But he's not That's a the pocket thing. quarterback. Yep. Like and and just that and yeah, you're right. Like that first that first quarter, he was playing scared. Like you could see it. He didn't want to move. And then you that second quarter when they went down 10 nothing, he's like, no, I ha- this cannot happen. He willed this team to win, basically, yep. in my opinion. And yep. you know, he got them there. And I I I love that this is becoming a new rivalry between Baltimore and Tennessee. Yeah, the standing on the field. Yeah, yeah, the standing on the, the standing on the, the logo. logo. Yeah, and then they went and did it when they got the game uh, ceiling interception. <laughs> like I I I there's this. There's a grit to this. And also, mind you, also this season has been basically the season from hell for Baltimore, especially with COVID and everything, you know, just basically like did like just decimating their locker room um, earlier, like midway through the season. But we saw after they got over all the COVID issues, they started playing the way they did last season. Mm-hmm, exactly. And right now, right now they are, they're at the peak of their powers again. They are playing the way they did last season and, that, that's why this Baltimore team against Buffalo is very, very scary. So, I mean, even though Lamar isn't a traditional style quarterback, like we all have said, I still don't understand why 
the media hates on him so much. I mean, I don't he's know. Getting the job done, he's winning. So why is the media so concerned about Lamar Jackson? So he just doesn't uh, fit the mold. He just doesn't fit the mold. That's yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I yep. mean, I'm yes, he doesn't fit the mold, but they're winning. I mean, it's because it's because he's not. You know, they they compare him to to Mahomes, but they also compare him a lot to Wilson. And Russell Wilson is about as well-rounded of a quarterback, I think, before Mahomes. Now, Mahomes has definitely taken that and run with it. But can throw it and run. They try comparing it to him. It's, he's not it's, the same as any other quarterback. He's not the same as any other quarterback in the, the NFL. The best, That's the, the bottom line. Yeah, right now, like playing in the league right now, there's no quarterback like Lamar Jackson. The only no. guy you can compare Lamar Jackson to is Michael Vick. Yep. That's the yep. only guy you can compare him to. You can't compare him to Russell Wilson. He, 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 you know, he, yeah, he can run, but he's not, he's not running the way Lamar Jackson can run, you yeah. know? And also Russell Wilson is, is a, is a sound passer. He's, he's not the same as, um, you know, Lamar Jackson, like he can make the throws, but he can't, I don't know. Just there's a crispness to, to, to um, Russell Wilson that Lamar doesn't have. Yeah. But that's fine. He doesn't yep. need that. He's nope. winning without that. Let like let's appreciate this man. He's he's different. Let's appreciate that. This is working. Like let, yeah, just it is what it is. And th- he's probably going to still get hate even if he wins the Super Bowl, like you said. Yeah, and you you know I I think another thing is um, you know, it's all this criticism and like we said, he's only twenty four years old. Yeah, this is only his. Th- third year in the league really he's been in the league two and a half years because he took over halfway through the season of 2018 Mm -hmm. and a team that was decimated and didn't have any hope and he came in and got Mm -hmm. them to the playoffs um so he's accomplished a lot but people say oh he can't win a big game and it's it's like it it's just nonsense at this point and now i heard this this uh thing people have been talking about especially on social media that it might snow in buffalo on on uh yeah, I, yeah, I wanted to get your thoughts on that. I think, I think it's Saturday, yeah. But I wanted to get your well, thoughts on that. The crit, like, out of all the storylines that could be headlining this game, that's the, the main fact- one. Why? Why? <laughs> it's yeah. so damn stupid. I'm so sick of hearing it. Look, <laughs> I'm I, I'm looking right now at AccuWeather.com. This is Buffalo, New York. <laughs> Saturday, a 56% chance of snow. Uh-huh. That, 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 that seems – okay, that, that is kind of high for, for a uh, – Oh, he's backtracking. <laughs> but it's a but, snow squall, which is, so, like, which is like a snow shower, basically. L- listen, so, I mean, I, I want to get your thoughts really quick before um, okay. uh, we send it to Zach Parnes because he has some really insightful information on this as well. But, okay. um, I, I mean – out of all the headlines that could be headlining the Ravens and the Bills, it's the fact that Lamar has never played in the snow. It's just, they're just pulling. They're grasping for straws. They're grasping for straws. It's so so stupid. And also that favors the running game. And also the Ravens. Yes. The Ravens have have J.K. Dobbins. They have Gus Edwards. I mean, they have two really solid running backs. And they have Lamar Lamar Jackson Jackson. who runs for 136 yards. Exactly. Exactly. So I I, I don't really see where the issue is here. I, I think I'm not, I'm not really sure to be honest. They're, they're, they're just grasping at straws, trying to find anything yeah. to really like downplay yeah. that the Ravens actually have a legitimate that they won. shot. <laughs> at, yeah, that they won and that they have a legitimate shot 
at beating Buffalo right now because Buffalo right. did not look good def- uh, defending against the run with Indianapolis. How are they going to look in, in a snow game, which, okay, okay, advantage Buffalo, but still – it's not as if Baltimore is a warm weather team. They still play in the cold. Right. We've, they've dealt with snow before. I'm positive right. of it. So Excellent. it's like, well, like, I don't know, man. It's just, it's, it's just silly. It's dumb. silly is all it is. Yeah. That's all. Yeah, that's all you can say. Dumb. Yeah. So uh, I, I want to send it to Zach Parnes, my interview with uh, Zach Parnes really quick. Just uh, he had some great insightful information about uh, this Ravens team heading into Buffalo with the um, storylines. But um, I, I think you all will really enjoy this. So um, uh, here's my interview queued up with Zach Parnes, and we will be back in just a moment. Once again, I'm back with Zach Parnes, uh, sports director of WBOC. Now I just want to get into um, the Baltimore Ravens. Um, Man, what a game that was. Uh, We all know the story. Derrick Henry winning the game for them in Baltimore um, in overtime. But, I I mean, the Ravens in the playoffs look completely different. Only held Derrick Henry to 50 yards on the ground. And the the narrative has changed. Lamar Jackson has won his playoff game. People have been criticizing Lamar Jackson over the years. Like he's not suited for the playoffs from what I've heard. But what, what does this win mean for Baltimore? It's huge. It's huge for Lamar. It's huge for his confidence. I mean, you know, he was feeling that pressure too, you know. And he said after the game, I remember listening to this in his presser, he was like, there were a lot of people that congratulated me and I'm not. And, and he said every single one of them meant something to me. He was like all of them. And, you know, I'm sure, Josh, you've had your episodes of, of you know, greatness in your life, too. You know, when you do something really exceptional and you get a bunch of compliments, maybe you don't internalize all of them. I know that me sometimes I don't either. But for Lamar to be like, yo, like this is the most important thing for me right now. I think that the win just does wonders for him. But Obviously, job ain't done till it's done, right? Like, that's just the mentality. And I think that their contest here in Buffalo is going to be especially interesting for a couple of reasons. Um, the first and foremost, and maybe it's the one that, you know, people don't want to talk about necessarily because they're like, oh, it's an outside factor. There's a 50% chance of snow in Buffalo. Lamar Jackson has never played football in the snow. Never. He's never played in the snow before. He's never thrown in the snow. He's never ran in it the whole bit. So for me, it's like, yo, the reason Lamar was able to win that game for Baltimore last week is because he threw the ball so well, because he became a dynamic threat, both with his legs and with his arm. And that's the time that the Ravens win the game is when he can do both those things. If he can't throw the ball this week against Buffalo, you can bet that that D line is going to be containing the hell out of him. And they are just going to lock him down and make sure that he cannot run for over a hundred yards like he did last week. Um, I think that Buffalo presents an interesting matchup. They got a lot of things that could, you know, really capitalize, um, you know, all the, the inimpities that the Baltimore defense has to offer. You know, one of the biggest things, and I was literally talking about this yesterday, Buffalo likes to run a lot of routes over the middle. If you go back and you watch like some of their last games, like they like to run posts with Dawson Knox or Diggs, or, you know, sometimes they have that little fade across the, uh, or, you know, they run the fade with Beasley, but they'll also run kind of like that cross route with him as well. That is the Ravens weak spot right now. Pat Queen is the worst zone defender on that team. He's also the inside linebacker on the left side. 
and he gets exploited frequently with that. And I think that Buffalo is going to be able to land some splash plays. And then you're depending on guys like, you know, Deshaun Elliott or Chuck Clark or Marlon Humphrey to make plays on guys when they have other assignments already. So this game, ultimately, you know, there's a lot of question marks for the Ravens. A lot of them, I think way more than for the Buffalo bills. Um, Obviously the bills have challenges of their own. I'm not going to deny it, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I'm really looking forward to this game. This is my game of the whole week. So I'm, I'm pumped for it. Yeah. I, I mean, Snell, I've looked at the forecast on different sites and it just varies. I think we're too far out, but I mean, if it does in fact snow, um, do, do you think there's going to be a different sort of game plan in place for Lamar? Because I mean, it, like you said, he's never played in the snow, but who knows? Maybe he'll do well in the snow. But I mean, snow is a factor during a game that you don't know what can happen. And I mean, you know how much snow can dump in Buffalo. So, yeah. I, I mean, what do we know from that? Like a different sort of game plan or what, what do you think? I expect the game plan will stay the same. Lamar said yesterday that he, uh, you know, had started practicing throwing with a glove on uh, just for the instance, you know, that there was really heavy snow coming down, um, you know, and then your hands get cold and the whole bit. Uh, so that's got to be interesting. But I, I think it's the game plan is going to be universal. I think that this team has done what they've done the whole year long, which is they continue to run the rock. They continue to use, you know, their three prong rushing attack, which really has now become, you know, a, a two prong rushing attack of J.K. Dobbins and Lamar. But certainly Gus Edwards gets in there. Uh, pretty often. And he was involved last week. Um, you know, I think that that's going to be the plan is to get those guys and then get the receptions over the middle. And then in the corners with guys like Hollywood Brown, Mark Andrews, Willie Sneed, um, you know, the, the offensive game plan is going to stay the same to me. I think that the defensive game plan could change a little bit. I think that we're going to see, you know, the secondary start to play guys underneath for sure, except for digs, of course, because he can burn you deep. But I think that everyone's going to be playing the shorter routes because the Bills are looking to exploit, you know, that zone coverage that the Ravens like to run with their linebacking core where they have, you know, Queen drop back. And, you know, maybe they also have, you know, Judon pull out of the D line and then fall into secondary coverage as well. So there's a lot of facets, but I think that the game plan is going to be pretty universal. Harbaugh knows that this offense is so talented and can do so many things right. Uh, but I think that, you know, the key for them and the ultimate game plan is to stop who the offense is built around, and that's Josh Allen. So you're going to be seeing those occasional safety blitzes to make this guy feel uncomfortable who, you know, he's able to get around, you know, when the pocket collapses because he is so mobile at his frame, um, you know, to be able to make plays. So game plan, just stop J.A. as far as defense goes. But offensively, I think you're right that we could see some changes, but I, I really expect it's going to be that run and gun that we're used to seeing. Yeah, so um, going back to the Ravens in the regular season, like it, there were a couple games where they just fell off and they didn't look as explosive, but they came right back. Lamar was doing what he usually does best, and what a great time for them to get hot right into the playoffs, and it showed with this game against Tennessee, as we all saw. But um, do we think they're going to come in with the same mentality? Um, and could this potentially push them all the way to a Super Bowl? Oh, that is the golden question. I mean, that's the billion dollar question. Listen, I don't <laughs> think anyone has had a harder route at this point, you know, from a projection standpoint than them. 
uh, simply because Tennessee was not to be messed with. They, you know, were the most versatile play action team, just as they were last season, uh, which is, was killed, which is what killed the Ravens last time around and made them fall 14, nothing back in 2019. Now, or 20, I guess that was 2020, right? The beginning of 2020. Anyhow. Yep. So, yeah, but you know, I, I think that you're right that they have shown flashes of, of heat and, Obviously, the name of this game right now is who can play the best football right now, um, you know, for the longest stretch. But their their opponents that they've lined themselves up against now is obviously Buffalo, but then preemptively Kansas City. I mean, you know, I'm not going to get too ahead of myself, but for them to beat both of those teams, you're beating two mobile dynamic quarterbacks who basically epitomize what success is in the NFL right now. Uh, you know, they have deep threats, speedy wideouts, and guys that are solid route runners, and more importantly, top tier offensive lines. Um, I think that that, you know, sort of daunting aspect alone makes it very hard to say, yeah, they, you know, can ride this wave all the way to the Super Bowl. I think what they're going to have to do is win this grimy battle as healthily as possible to be able to do that. If they start to sustain injuries to some of their starters and, you know, especially on the line where they're already kind of thin, you know, you think about Ronnie Stanley being out for the entire season and how much that's impacted their ability to run left. Um, you know, I just think that they, they've got to get through this as scat-free as possible. And if they can do that, then they're looking at a much solid chance at, at beating either Cleveland or Kansas City and, and then, you know, potentially maybe making it to the big dance. And believe me, I'm rooting for them to go to the big dance because if they go, we're going. So I would, love, <laughs> I, would love, I would love to go cover. Oh, yeah. So yeah. So let me give you my optimistic answer and say, hell yeah, brother. Like they're going to make it all the way, you know, <laughs> but I said the same thing last season and they were out just like that. So we never know. Yeah. I mean, definitely the story has changed for the Baltimore Ravens. So once again, Baltimore Ravens traveling to Buffalo, no word on, I will just have to see if it dumps down snow or not, but it's going to be an interesting Game for sure with a whole bunch of storylines with that Lamar not playing in the sto uh, storm. I feel like that's one of the main headlines, just Lamar never playing in the snow. Like, or, I, I mean, out of everything, all the headlines you could look at, I feel like that's the biggest one. Yeah, um, I I love this game for headline status and also for the likability of yeah. both and I'm, yo, I, like, I grew up a Steeler fan. Like, I used to hate the Ravens, but I'm telling you, there's something about Lamar Jackson that makes this team so much more likable. And on top of that, Buffalo, I mean, who doesn't want to root for Buffalo right now? This city, you know, has been fiending for not only a, a playoff appearance, but also for, you know, a potential end of their Super Bowl drought where they lost four consecutive, you know? So I would love to see either team honestly squeak this out. I think makes for great storylines. Um, you know, I think the Chiefs are maybe the the, the villain that's left. Uh, but the, you know, the, the the games in the NFC do not compare to those two games in the AFC for me. But that that's just where I stand. Absolutely. Once again, Zach Parnes, the sports director of WBOC, based in Salisbury, Maryland. We appreciate the time, Zach. Stay safe out there, sir. Absolutely, Josh. And uh, thanks for having me on. Really appreciate it. And hoping I can join you here again someday, maybe to talk Super Bowl. We never know. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much to Zach Parnes of WBOC based in Salisbury, <laughs> Maryland. Um, so <laughs> well, once again, do, do we have any last thoughts on this game? Because I, I feel like the Ravens just dominated this game 
And uh, yeah, I think we pr- I think we pretty much covered everything. Right. I think we should definitely move on now. Yeah. Uh, so uh, okay. So the Ravens twenty, the Titans thirteen. Do do we really need to discuss the Saints and the Bears? I mean, the only no, thing was... really to discuss is the fact that it was on Nickelodeon. Yeah, <laughs> there was slime. Hey, hey, can we can, can we talk about how savage? children are that they voted Mitch Trubisky yes. as the Nickelodeon valuable player. <laughs> what? <laughs> did they watch the same game we did? Oh, man. Nah, they they, they sure. were definitely trolling. They were definitely trolling. PFT ran with it the whole night on Twitter. <laughs> Listen, I'm so, I was so for it. I was like, this is the funniest thing It was ever. great. I, I, thought it, I thought it was really well done. I just wish it would have been uh, a better matchup than than having the bears on that's all Uh, here's the thing but but here's the thing about this game that i do want to touch on is the fact that it was seven to three for the longest time mm -hmm. and the fact that the game was right there and mitch trubisky couldn't do jack squat against Mm -hmm. the uh, new orleans defense this new orleans defense is 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 not to be messed they're very good but the issue with new orleans is Drew Brees, in my opinion. Drew Brees is, he's like, his passes just look awful now. Like, they, they have no zip to them now. Like, they just float up there, and you're just slowly watching it land 10 yards up the field to the receiver. Yeah. He can't even throw the deep ball that well anymore. Well, I think I think he's still banged up. I think this goes back to uh, breaking his ribs. Mm-hmm. Um, what was it, like five or six weeks ago, something like that? And he's—I don't think he's ever recovered from that. So um, I think I think it's that, and then I think he's also—you know—like that's a bad injury. I think he's afraid of getting hit like that again. Maybe, yeah, that that, that could play a role too. But yeah, there really wasn't much to this game. Um, <laughs> it was just the the Bears' ineffectiveness on offense the, the entire game, and and that de- and and that Bears defense held on for so long. Oh, they eventually they just they did gave. everything they could do. Yeah, they, just, they all the way the down to the that, fourth quarter. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing that sucks about w- with this Chicago. They have such a good defense. They have a great defense. Khal- you're wasting Khalil Mack's career yeah. by 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 doing this, and but you have an incompetent quarterback with Mitch Trubisky, who they keep trying to sell. As like, oh, he's got an edge to him. Oh, he's going to come out and perform. Oh, he's a leader now. When he went on that little run here at the end of the season, it was against terrible defenses. Yep. Saw what it was like when he faced Green Bay. He can't do anything. When he faces New Orleans, he can't do anything. Mitch Trubisky is trash. I don't understand how he even got drafted in the second round because he came out of nowhere. I've been privy to this. Like before he came to the league, I never thought he was going to be successful. And the fact that he got picked over the likes of Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson is an absolute travesty. Well, he wasn't that good in college either. And he, he played at a school that isn't necessarily known for their football either. Yeah, so. North Carolina, which, of course, they're turning it crazy. around now. But, right, now you they're know, good. Yeah, now they're starting to turn it around. They're starting to build something there. But on top of that, like, he was on that team for three years, right? And mm-hmm. uh, for the, for two of those three years, he was more talented than the guy who started, who I don't remember his name, but he could not win the locker room. So they kept the other guy because they knew that the team would play for that, for, for the mm. other guy, the Mitch yep. Trubisky. And that really shows still here in Chicago where, you know, he keeps trying to act like he's this rah-rah guy who's going to get you guys all, <laughs> you know, hyped up and going. But then at the end of the day, everybody knows he's not going to come. He's not going to do it. Mitch Trubisky right. sucks. He yep. stinks. So, he has no business being a starter. So can, I hate can I, it. Can I, can I say something that might be a little bit worse? 
that the, they reported that Matt Nagy will be back for the 2021 season. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, listen, well, I, a couple, I don't. A, a couple uh, years ago, when the Bears, was that the divisional game or the wild card game? The wild card. The double doink. Phil- the double yeah, doink. The double doink against Philadelphia. Double that, doink. <laughs> that was. That was a what? Twelve and fourteen. The yeah, Bears they, they had? went twelve and four that season. Yeah, so I mean, he he's had a pretty good resume. I I don't think you fire him after an eight and eight season. I do think the it's been a complete mess how they've handled the quarterback situation. Absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. You know, hey, now we're gonna go with Nick Foles. Oh, Mitch Trubisky's our guy. It's gonna be Nick Foles, and then it's Nick Foles for two drives, and let's put Mitch in for two drives. It's just a complete mess. I know. And it's and I know I've said this before. That messes with the quarterback's psyche. Like that, mm-hmm. that screws you up to where you're like, well, I'm not appreciated by my head coach or by my football team. So, you know, what do I have to do to earn that trust? So I think that has a big part in this too. But yeah, it's this game really was, God, I was just waiting for there to be more slime because it took until <laughs> almost the end of the third quarter to finally get the Saints to score a touchdown in the second half. The comparisons yeah. were geeky too. I I just couldn't believe it. Like Alvin, like Alvin Kamara, the Alvin Alvin from Alvin and the Chipmunks. <laughs> yeah. it was hey, just so hey weird. who's better to call that game than Iron Eagle's son? Yeah, uh, he was great. Yeah, yeah, he was fantastic. Yeah. And you know the way they explain the rules, I love that too. They're oh, yeah. like. Now the punter takes the ball and he punts it as high as possible. And the goal <laughs> is to put the other team as close to the other end zone. I'm like, oh my god, this is painful. But I realized uh, it's it for yeah, yeah, obviously it wasn't made for like people like us who are in our twenties who understand the game. But it was exactly. definitely I, overall. I think it was a very successful broadcast it to bring well in a done. new a new generation of football fans in. In my opinion, I think they should do it. I think they're talking about doing another one. It'll probably be for the super bowl because cbs has it this year Ooh, that would be that would be really good that would be interesting but uh, uh but it was funny because the refs mike picked up a player screaming the f-bomb on <laughs> yeah. net and the, the memes went running and i was like oh yeah oh yeah that's gonna pick up that's gonna pick there, up. and i of course that uh the SpongeBob Dolphin Noise episode. That was one of the biggest <laughs> ones I saw over and over and over again. Yeah, in, the injury timeout I told yeah. you all about. The injury timeout. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. Oh man. Oh man. We can go on and on, but I mean, not much to talk about in this game except for the fact that it was on Nickelodeon. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that was really it. <laughs> yeah. That and was the Saints. Now the Saints got their. It's the trilogy match against. Brady. No, against Brady. And even though the past two games haven't been competitive, we'll see how this one goes. It might be interesting. Who knows? Well, I, I think definitely. I, hope I think it another, is. <laughs> yeah, I think, but I think the thing that's going to change with this game is, um, or at least this is what a lot of the media people have been saying is that, you know, uh, the, Tampa Bay is in a different place than they were those first two games. They've gotten more continuity, they've gotten more time to be around each other, get to know each other. And, I mean, we kind of saw what it, you know, and it looks like, I mean, we saw what it was like with Brady against, you know, Washington. Brady's locked in right now. Like he's very locked in. So we'll see how it goes. My guess is New Orleans will probably win that game, but don't, I won't be surprised if Tampa Bay, you know, wins. I I think, yeah, I, I think Drew Brees just has his number and 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, but Drew Brees just did not look good in this game, and I don't no. know how much better he's going to do against Tampa Bay. Yeah, and the, it, Tampa's weapons, I mean, that is something you can't speak enough about. I mean, the, of course, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, Gronk, um, Mike Evans. I mean, they are completely loaded on offense. So, I mean, yeah, is, is Breeze going to be able to keep up? He's not going to be – you know, they're going to have to score more than 21 points. There's no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a big key also is is Alvin Kamara, too. They're going to have to really use him a lot, which they used him a bunch in this game. So, mm-hmm. um, and maybe a couple trick plays from Taysom Hill, even though I can't stand Taysom Hill. But, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Anyway. So, but moving on, 21-9, to 9, the Saints take it to the most exciting game of the whole wild to card the weekend. The main event we go. The main Let's event. Let's go. The, the main event. <laughs> Uh, okay, let's set the scene for you. Cleveland coming into Pittsburgh after last week without Big Ben beating Pittsburgh in Cleveland. Next thing you know, Kevin Stefanski finds out, hey, he can't go to the game. He can't coach the game due to the fact that he tests positive for COVID-19. And reports are saying Kevin Stefanski with his phone turned off is um watching the game on a 60-inch flat screen TV. So, in his basement. Yeah. And <laughs> I, I I mean, I, I can't believe this. And the the in next thing, it starts with the first play of the game. Uh, the snap over Big Ben's well, head. Uh, well, don't for, don't forget to mention that also Cleveland was not allowed to practice all week. They did oh, not yes, practice. Yes, yes. They did Zoom. Yeah, I you know, my brain's just all over the place. They on did two. it all on Zoom. And it all started with the first play of the game. And I was yep. like, "Oh, oh, the Browns! You give them, a, oh, you give oh. them a bone, and they might take the dog off. pound. How's about a bone? <laughs> I, I, I'm telling you, they took off running. It looked this Browns team looked like uh, it, it just this Browns team looked like all the heartbreak over the years. It just culminates into this one big butt whooping." Oh, and... God, it was a complete ass whooping, yeah. <laughs> Completely, yeah. <laughs> I mean, oh, my Lord. I, can, can I say this? Big Ben threw for over 500 yards. Well, he and threw it also threw it 68 times. So, yeah. yeah, of course he's going to throw for 500 I mean, yards. I mean, this game, Cleveland, you deserve this. And Cleveland's Connor... going to Kansas City next week, so... That's not going to go well, but... Uh, 48 to 37, <laughs> the final score, but... I I mean, the the first half was just pure Cleveland domination. That but the the thing that really disappointed me, they let off on the gas and they took Pittsburgh back into this game. I mean, it, it, but then they ended up scoring again. But still, they should have kept their foot on the gas pedal and routed them even more. And uh, can can I just say my personal opinion? I think oh, Washington no. broke Pittsburgh. No, I think Baltimore broke Pittsburgh, started think, breaking them, and I just, then Washington came in and took advantage of that brokenness. So, yeah, I would agree. In a way. I just think Pittsburgh was just deceivingly – like they were deceivingly good, I guess you could – or like they were deceivingly bad. I don't know. They were, they were we frauds. They were a good team. They were frauds because yeah. I've seen many people post the teams that they ended up beating and who they beat on, on those squats and how they barely beat them, how – you know – and yeah, just I don't know. Um, 
Yeah, I, I'm, 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 my, my train of thought is being distracted at the moment. Oh, yeah, here we go. But, yeah, Ben Roethlisberger going 47 for 68, 501 yards, four touchdowns, but four interceptions, and yeah. those four interceptions killed them. Yeah, and, it, I mean, the turnovers just killed them the whole yeah, way. Just completely destroyed them. And, and another thing going into this game, another storyline is the fact that Cleveland hadn't won in Pittsburgh in – some extraordinary amount of games they were like oh and like 20 something like yeah it was like pittsburgh and to do it in the playoffs it was like 1960 something i think it was like 66 or 67 something like that the last time they won and then to think that the last time that they won a playoff game was in 94 yeah 94 new year's or or new year's day new year's eve something like that and then a few months later Baker Mayfield is born. So yeah. Baker Mayfield wasn't even alive the last time Cleveland had had won a playoff game. You know, uh, Cleveland does deserve this win. They deserve this. I know that they were happy. I was happy for them because, you know, again, you know, they've dealt with they've been the joke of the league for so long that now they're finally getting it together. They're finally winning. They're going to lose against Kansas City is my bet. Yeah. But, you know, yeah, but uh, I, I mean, uh, I mean, hats off to Cleveland. They deserve this. They can finally take the paper bag off of their heads for good, because yeah. this team, uh, this Cleveland team, after years of heartbreak, they they're back and they advance past the first round of the playoffs. That is rare to say. That is very rare, yeah, and it, it just goes to show you. Thousands. I mean, it just goes to show you this is like 2020 and Cleveland's good and Cleveland's continuing to be good. And like, it, this is something I would have never expected. Yeah, but especially with the are, COVID COVID outbreak. They weren't able to practice all week, like you guys mentioned. Yeah. But it all came together for Cleveland. Um, their defense played really well, even though they yes. gave up 553 yards. But, you know, that was a big reason why they built that 28 nothing lead. Look at the start of the game. You get a snap over Big Ben's head that goes into the end zone. And on the first play, within the first three seconds, the Browns take a 7-0 lead. That's when it starts to feel like, wow, this this could really happen. And, yeah, Big Ben just looked old, I think, was the key. And yeah, it, he's yeah, worn down. Like, he's weathered. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. we've seen could, that coming for a couple weeks now. But could this be Big exposed Ben last it. year? Oh, yeah, for sure. I think – um. I think the I chances think so. of him retiring are high, but then they could also bring him back because they don't have a successor in place and mm-hmm. their successor may possibly be Jameis Winston. They may <laughs> him. That would be such a bad decision. Oh, man. <laughs> He's got LASIK now. He went to quarterback rehab in <laughs> New Orleans. I, I don't know. I think it oh. might be a good idea. I mean, he, he plays a lot like Big Ben. He's built the same. Oh, he man. can actually throw. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm, that, I'm not going to say a, one way or the other. That's another story for another day about who Pittsburgh's picking at quarterback. Yeah, but, I mean, no, if this well, is Big Ben's last game, uh-huh. he's still a Hall of Famer, but this is just yeah. a heartbreaking way to lose. Oh, yeah, and especially to play the way he played. It turned the ball over four times. Oh, yeah. And yeah. he just He got no looked. help, though, from the running game. James no. Conner played awful. 37 played yards, awful. 13 yards. They yeah, got to figure this running game out because – Ever since Le'Veon left, they cannot. They have not been able to fill that that hole. Well, that that first year Connor was there, he he had a really good season. But yeah, ever since then, it has been 
they just don't know what they don't have a running game. And that's why you, I think that's one reason why you see the weathering and the wearing down of big Ben, because he has to throw it 50, 60, almost 70 times a game in this game, just to, you know, just to keep them alive, essentially. And so, he, and, and don't forget, this is a guy coming off of basically Tommy John surgery. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, like his arm, like he's, he's, he's played, don't forget, he's played as long as Philip Rivers has. And we have seen, they have both deteriorated so much that they can't throw that much anymore. You can't rely on Big Ben to do that. And then right. you also got to factor in that a lot of people were just expecting Baltimore to get blown out here because don't forget in the game prior, you know, it was all of it was the JV Pittsburgh's JV squad, and right. they almost beat them. Yeah, Mason Rudolph playing. Yeah, Mason right. Rudolph almost somehow beat them. Uh-huh. Now Mason Rudolph, Mason Rudolph is not the future for uh, Pittsburgh. We've already seen how that goes. <laughs> he stinks. But you know, and but then so coming into this game, not only that, you're in Pittsburgh, you know, and Cleveland's got all the bad luck in the world going on with COVID. You know, taking out even one of their best linemen, it took out too. Right. Right. Um. And then it takes out your, their head coach, and then they just get demolished in the first quarter, 28 nothing. It's 35-10 at, at halftime. And then ultimately, you know, Pittsburgh makes an attempt at a comeback, and it gets to 48-37. But, I mean, honestly, like, Pittsburgh just was not in this game all that much. So I, I, I have a, another question for you all. Do you think after this Pittsburgh loss, Mike Tomlin is on the no. hot seat? No way. No, no, no. way. P- Pittsburgh does not move on from coaches easily. Think about it. They, yeah. they went from they went from what is Chuck Knoll to Bill Cowher. Bill Cowher, and then Ka- Bill Cowher to, to Mike to Tomlin. Tomlin. That's it. They, yeah. <laughs> In 50 they don't years. Move on. They don't move on. And my, it, this is, you know, yeah. Okay. Some of the blame for this loss is on Mike Tomlin. Okay. Because he's the coach. But it's not enough to fire him. They still had a 12 and four season. They still did, you know, they, they, they worked with what they had. They got to make a few moves here. They got to figure out the, the plan of succession at quarterback because it's clear Big Ben is not the guy who's going to get you over the mountain anymore. So they got to figure out what they're going to do. They got to set up for the future there. They got to figure out the running game. Defensively, we, we saw what they're, they're, they're not at full strength right now. They had some key injuries earlier in the season. We've seen what, what it's like when they are at full strength. Their defense is scary. They just got to fix a couple things on the offense. Juju's got to – he's – I mean, Juju's – he played a pretty decent game in the second half, but, like, you know, he's got to be a little more impactful the way Antonio Brown was or, you know, or, or the way Santonio Holmes was back in the day. Like, he's got to mm-hmm. somehow – Heinz Ward. The ga- Heinz Ward. You know, he's got to impact the game that way – it's just a, a couple things here and there. They're, they're fine. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I mean, huge, huge win for the city. Big of win for Cleveland. Huge win. First time for the city of Pittsburgh. <laughs> First for the city of Pittsburgh. What? <laughs> what? I didn't, I didn't say that. Wait, who said that? I did. Yeah. I think I you did. Yeah. Kirby. Did you say yeah. it? I heard Pittsburgh. Maybe it was no, just I said a the mumble city of, of words. Cleveland. Whatever, I might have. Been I said a things. huge win in Pittsburgh. De- I'm, I'm de- oh, Okay, there you go. That, that's where I got confused. My bad. Oh, <laughs> I derailed. I derailed the show there for a second. That's on me. Kirby, uh, go on. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I mean, anyways, huge win. Browns deserve this. Forty-eight to thirty-seven. Mm. To wrap up Super Wild Card Weekend. Super Wild Card Weekend. Gentlemen, oh God, re- really quick, I, I, I want to wrap things up. 
I, I'm just going to state the games that will be part of the divisional weekend. The Rams heading to Lambeau, Green Bay, the number six versus the number one seed. The Ravens traveling to Buffalo. The Browns traveling to Kansas City. And the Buccaneers to the Saints. So really quick, I just want to hear who you all have. I have the Packers. I'll take the Ravens over the Bills. I'll take the Chiefs, and I'll take the Buccaneers. I've got Packers, Ravens, Chiefs, Saints. And I've got Chiefs, Ravens, Packers, Bucks. All right. Okay, good. Yeah, I think that I think that Bucks Saints game is really a question mark. That's yeah. that's the game where you could you really have no idea. I I mean hey. that's the game where I think it, it goes whether if if Drew Brees has enough gas in the tank yeah. to finish. Yeah. You know, because it's like it, it's like Drew Brees is great and he's capable of leading this team, this Saints mm -hmm. team to a Super Bowl. But does he have enough gas in the tank? Because he's not a hundred percent. He's been injured, and that that's why I think the Buccaneers are going to move on. Yeah. Hey, really quick before we go, and let's not dive into this because you know we're we're running a bit long here. But really quick, let's let's get let's get our quick thoughts of this. What do you guys think about Deshaun Watson going uh, possibly being traded to Miami? Ooh. Man, uh, I, I I mean, I think that's a win for Deshaun Watson to get the hell out of Houston. Be, I, I think that's going to happen because Deshaun Watson. I think it's going to come down to whether. If he doesn't get moved, he will sit. He will refuse to play because he doesn't want to be in Houston. It's clear that he does not want to be in Houston. But it's, it's, it'll it, it'll be more expensive if he sits because he will get fined every day that he sits out. The new CBA has made it to where players can't really sit out just because they're unhappy with their contracts. Uh, do you think Deshaun can't afford that for some reason? Um, if he's not playing, he's not getting paid, and it's gonna it, it it's a hefty fine that he's gonna be getting fined. Well, it's not gonna be some you know Mickey Mouse fine like they like they're gonna be like seriously fined for sitting out. I don't and, know. Yeah, Deshaun Watson has that one hundred and fifty like seven million dollar contract, but like yeah, he's got to play to get that money. True. So like to, to I me, think he, he I think he wants out and he will do anything in his power to get out of Houston. Well, I think, you know, for sure he wants out because again, like, you know, Bill Billio Stooge, Bill O'Brien, like Billy o Stooge. He decimated he domestic he de decimated that uh franchise. Like there's nothing there for him and they don't have draft capital to bring in new weapons. You know, can they bring in free agents? You know, that's always, you know, a hit or miss. You know, Fuller can't stay healthy. You know, David Johnson or whatever his name is can't, you know, he's not the same the way he was, you know, a few years ago before he got seriously injured. Yeah. You know, they don't have any, there's nothing there for, for him in Houston, him going. I, I think it's a win. It's kind of a win, win loss. I think it's a loss for Miami per se, because they will lose a lot of draft capital, you know, cause they will, they're going to have to give up their, they're going to have to give Houston their first round pick back then give their first round pick. So they'll, they'll lose their two first round picks for this, for this year, probably a second round pick. And then Tua, who obviously we give Tua. I think Tua needs another year to really show like who he is. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and you know, then, uh, you know, Houston's going to get all get, get draft capital back. They'll probably draft, you know, uh, Javante Smith and Najee Harris is my guess is who they're probably going to draft. I don't know. 
That's who I think Miami wants to draft too. Is they want to draft those two. So I think those that's what that's what's on the table here. Miami, yeah, you get a more established quarterback who's special, like Deshaun Watson, special, and he'll be able to work with what you guys have there. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. So uh, l- l- let me throw this on the table really quick, and um, I'll, I'll bring back in Zach Parnes of WBOC. Uh, after we discuss this, but the firing of Doug Peterson in Philadelphia. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, what are your thoughts? Do you think it was time for him to go? Uh, well, wanted out. yeah, and just a telling sign is what happened in that week 17 game where he <laughs> kind of quit, it Thanks. seemed like. I, I, I heard Eagles. that wasn't a factor in why he got fired, though. Oh, that's bullshit. Everybody no, knows that I'll, plays a factor. No, from what I heard, it's because he like him and the owner like basically got into a fight because uh, I was about to say Dan Dembski. Wow, wow. Apparently you're apparently you're the because I, I, your name is I on wish. My right now. <laughs> no, but Doug Peterson apparently he walked into like you know the owner's office just told him I'm tired of people telling me what the fuck to do. Oh like, really? Yeah, basically wanted to do it his way, but the owner's like, no, I you know obviously the owner's like this is my team, like I own this team. We got to do it this way. They couldn't get to an agreement. So he was like, you know what? We're just done here. Just like, fire me. Yeah. 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 Like he's like, go ahead, fire me. And apparently the owner was like, all right, you're fired. And I think it was time because I think Doug Peterson, especially with what he pulled on that last game, he definitely lost the locker room. The, the players were not happy with that. Right. And it's just right. so incredible to see, like, I saw a picture, you know, cause you know, obviously they have the statue of Nick Foles and Doug Peterson out. And there, and there was a caption that said, how are, how, how's a, um, uh, a dad going to explain this to his kid 20 years from now, like what happened with Doug Peterson in the Cause you guys, <laughs> because go he's the, the only Bowl. coach that won a yeah. Super Bowl you guys, for Philly. You guys, you, know, yep. you guys go from winning the Super Bowl three years ago, beating the Patriots, you know, yep. at the peak of their power still, you know, out coaching him, you know, with the Philly special and all that stuff to three years later, this, this thing is just completely destroyed. Yeah. It's now. It's a messy situation, and uh, I definitely think a team with front office problem is Philadelphia. I really do. Um, yeah, it'll be I, interesting I, to see who they bring in. Yeah, yeah, yeah it it's... will be. And and uh, Zach Parnes of WBOC, I'll cue his thing up in just a moment. But um, uh, he has some really great insight on who. Philly might pursue or something. So uh, just a short clip of Zach Parnes, once again, of WBOC talking about um, uh, the situation in Philadelphia. So uh, we will step out for just a moment and we'll come back and wrap things up. The Philadelphia Eagles parting ways with their head coach, Doug Peterson. I mean, I, I sort of felt like it was a big shock that they parted ways with Peterson because of so many injuries for the Eagles. But I think what it boiled down to is um, the fact that Carson Wentz wasn't getting the job done. And I think somehow he was trying to get rid of Carson Wentz. I'm not really sure the whole picture, but can you die? Can you give us more light on that situation? What, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Josh, thanks for having me here. Really appreciate it. Um, first and foremost, I mean, I think the, you know, Peterson's dismissal definitely caught the entire league off guard. Um, I don't think there was a single person, uh, you know, that, that was calling this being like, this is a definitive thing for sure. Um, 
you know, I, I think the injuries might've been a factor, but that's not always the, the reason in my mind, you dismiss a coach. In my opinion, it was the conscious decision to bench Carson Wentz uh, that, that probably cost him his job. I think that the organization probably looked at that uh, definitely, <clears throat> excuse me, definitely with a, a bit of concern. Uh, GM Howie Roseman is a big believer in Carson Wentz, uh, he was the one who really put the deal together that that, you know, landslide deal that Wentz was able to sign to make him one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the history of the league. Um, and because of that, you know, I think that all of these kind of emotions, uh, you know, tangled up between, you know, Roseman and then also obviously with Peterson, but President Don uh, Smolensky, um, you know, I, I just think that there were so many guys that that maybe were on different pages that it was just time to unfortunately let go of the uh, Super Bowl winning coach uh, Peterson after that four eleven and one mark that they posted. Um, obviously, the next process for them is finding who his replacement will be, and I know we want to talk about that as well. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, um, I, I heard sort of reports. I'm not sure how true they were, but it boiled down to essentially Peterson was not liking being told what to do. I'm not sure if you heard anything about that, but did that play a factor into it at all? My knowledge base doesn't say anything in particular to that degree, but I know just from listening to lifelong Eagles fans and, you know, members who have, have been around, um, you know, the organization that without a doubt, Howie Roseman has a lot more pull in what happens on game day than what people think. And I think that's what led to that friction um, with Doug and Howie. Obviously, Doug, as the coach, probably wanted to retain all the control on the field that he could. Um, and apparently, Howie was throwing in inputs as far as roster goes. And, you know, if you remember the first 10 games of the season for Philadelphia, I mean, they tried out 11 different offensive line combinations. I mean, obviously, when you have so many injuries, that's a necessity. But it almost seemed like they just wanted to experiment and see what worked in a game scenario rather than just what worked, you know, in an 11 on 11 uh, practice scenario. And I, I think that ultimately, you know, when we look back at, at this Eagles team, there's going to be a lot of people that are shaking heads because there, there is talent across the board, right? Like when we think about the secondary, the secondary is talented between Slay and McLeod uh, as safety. And then further inside the D line was, you know, often hyped as being one of the strongest assets for the Eagles. Then their offensive line, probably the weak point this year, but Miles Sanders, Boston Scott were arguably one of the best one, two tandem uh, in the NFL. Wentz, maybe not with, you know, every receiver option that he could have wanted, but Rager looked pretty promising despite having some drops early on in the season. Um, and then of course, you know, they, they have a great tight end set between Dallas Goddard um, and Zach Ertz, who also missed a lot of time. So, you know, it's a combination of a lot of things. It's a multi-pronged kind of, you know, equation as to why things couldn't necessarily work out. Uh, but I, I think there's a lot of not necessarily like cause for concern with this team. Like, I, I feel like people think they're adrift. They have no identity, et cetera, et cetera. Is it Hertz? Is it, is it Wentz? It's very clearly Carson Wentz's team. I think that Jalen Hurts proved himself to be a valuable asset. I expect him to get moved this offseason. If that happens, I think it's going to be for a sizable haul, either for maybe a potential player, but I see Hurts garnering at least a couple of picks, maybe even a pick in that first round range for a guy who's proven himself to potentially be a starting quarterback in the league. So b based off of the, um, Howie Roseman, you believe Carson Wentz will be under center starting next season. I'd be shocked otherwise. And, and, and I'll tell you why, Josh. And it's just that 
when you deal out the deal that you did to Carson Wentz, he has an obligation to play. They can't liquidate it. They can't restructure it in any sort of way. He is going to get paid a lot of money, like $40 million almost here in the next couple of seasons. And because of that, he's got to go out there and at least try to produce the $40 million result. And I think once the Eagles align him with another wide out weapon, um, you know, it's going to be pretty hard for him to have excuses of why he can't get the job done. I, I fully expect that the Eagles are going to go out um, and, and definitely try to draft a receiver in this year's draft. I also expect that they will draft two offensive linemen uh, to try to bring into the mix. And I expect them to maybe sign some free agents too, because those were the areas of concern for them that listen, the defense had flashes of excellence, but they could never get anything going offensively. And this was not the Eagles team that we were used to seeing. A lot of people, you know, thought this team was going to finish at the very top of the division and compete with Dallas. And obviously that was not even close to happening this year. So um, going back to Doug Peterson, um, do you think him benching Carson Wentz was, uh, did he, what was it like he was just tired of losing or, you know, like just impatient or uh, because Carson Wentz didn't look comfortable out there any way you put it throughout the course of this season. But yeah, you know, what do you think in your mind led to Carson Wentz getting benched? I think it's just poor performance, man. It's the same reason that anybody else gets benched. I mean, we, we got to be real with this is that, you know, both of these, guys you know between Hertz and Wentz had separate performances and when Wentz came in and they won that game against the Saints and he also came in in the fourth quarter against the Packers I mean look what Wentz was doing up until that point if you go back and you look Wentz was 6 of 15 79 yards that's a 35 QBR 57 passer rating I mean, the, the guy was totally out of place. He wasn't making throws. For a starting quarterback in the league to go 6 of 15 to start, not even reach 100 yards, he was averaging about five yards a throw on that time. I mean, that was what we were seeing from Carson Wentz at that point. The team was 3-8-1. and one. Doug knew he needed to make a change. He puts Hurts in there, who actually electrifies the offense. And sure enough, they beat arguably a top three team in the NFC in New Orleans. So th that's pretty much what led to his benching. I don't think that anybody, you know, could could argue otherwise. I think that, you know, there definitely wasn't a rift between, you know, the two of them. Wentz and Peterson had a very healthy relationship as far as everybody knows who, who really is close within the team. Um, I just, I think it's the, the, the tough games that he had leading into it, but especially that Green Bay game, because Green Bay's secondary you know, with the exception of, of Jair Alexander, it's very exploitable. I mean, Darnell Savage was exploited a lot this year, et cetera, et cetera. Wentz just didn't have his best couple of games. Like, that. that's what it comes down to. You look at his season as a whole. He was ranked 25th in the league for yards. Um, he had, you know, 16 touchdowns to 15 interceptions. He was a bottom three quarterback in terms of passer rating. So that's what's going to get you on the bench in a situation, especially when you're a guy who – you know, was a first round prospect and dished out, um, you know, upwards of a record breaking deal. He's got to perform. And he simply didn't, uh, you know, you look at the other games too, as well. He didn't have a single game and I'm just, man, I mean, anybody can look at this and just be like, God, this does not sound good. He, he didn't have a, you know, completion over 35 yards in his final five games of the season. Um, you know, he, he just looked really sluggish the entire time. I mean, listen to these numbers against Seattle who was a bottom tier defense in the league, right? Like awful, especially in the secondary this year, 25 of 45, 
215 yards, two scores, one pick, sacked six times against Cleveland, sacked five times, 21 of 35, 230 yards, two touchdowns. That's his best game on the entire thing, and he still took five sacks throughout the game. They lost to the Giants, four straight L's. You know, these are all things that equal you getting benched in the league. Simple. So uh, two-part question here. Do we, is there any sort of notion that Doug Peterson ultimately got fired um, after benching Jalen Hurts for Nate Sudfield in the week 17 Sunday night game against Washington? And who do we see replacing Doug Peterson in Philly? Are there any clear favorites from what you have heard of so far? Oh, man, that is that is a big time two part question. So so let me talk about the first part. I, I don't you know, there's mixed reports. I don't necessarily think it's about the benching for Sudfeld. I think that was just kind of like a whatever thing. Like it, it's kind of mind boggling and you shake your head at it. But that is, you know, one part of it in a big multifaceted equation. I think a lot of people were concerned um, about his play calling initiatives. Uh, you know, Peterson was the offensive coordinator for this team and Unfortunately, they were one of the worst offensive teams in the league. So that doesn't, you know, make for a, a good sort of pitch in what you have. But, you know, I mean, when the team is only scoring 20 points a game, I mean, there's not much else you can build upon. I really think that that's the reason that he was let go is that, you know, this team had a chance, not even a chance, had the doors blown wide open to win the NFC East this year. I mean, for God's sake, the Washington football team made the playoffs at seven and nine. Like, you know, this, this is, this is the division that was begging for someone to be formidable and they weren't. And this Eagles team that won a Super Bowl a couple of years ago, hasn't lost that many pieces from that team that makes you go, well, obviously they were going to be bad. They still had a young core. They still were able to surround you know, Wentz with some talent on the ground game, they were able to get him some help defensively in the secondary. It was like, all right, Carson, you're up, man. And he didn't perform. And uh, that just unfortunately is what it boiled down to. And I apologize. I forgot the second part of your question here already. You get, you got to double back here for me. Yeah, right? not, not, a pro- not a problem. But Doug Peterson, is there a clear front runner on who will be replacing him from your knowledge so far? Oh, man. I mean, names are getting flown around like crazy. Um, you know, the one that I keep hearing again and again and again um, is is Todd Bowles, um, the defensive coordinator for the for the Buccaneers right now, or I believe uh, he was the ex head. I got to check that right now. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. Buccaneers. He yeah, was uh, right, with the Buccaneers. The, yeah, he used to be the Jets head coach uh, for a number of years. Guy's got a lot of experience, um, especially in putting together this this Tampa defense, you know, that has been so key and, you know, operating. um you know, really well, obviously, to get them deep into the playoffs. But I think that, you know, he is probably the front runner. And that's according to, to Sal Palantonio of ESPN is, is probably the, the the guy right now. Robert Salah, also the Niners defensive coordinator, uh, has been the other name that's come up. I would not be surprised, though, if Philly really reaches in their bag and goes for somebody else. Um, who that somebody else could be, I, I have no clue. You could play, you know, X, Y, and Z with it. I would personally love to see them make a lucrative deal to try to go and get Eric Bieniemy, the offensive coordinator of the Chiefs, but I, I, I don't think that they'll do that. I, I realistically think that uh, Salah or Bowles are probably the, the guys right now based on what everybody is talking about, but hey, this is the National Football League. A dark horse can arrive at any moment.
All right. Thank you to Zach Parnes once again uh, for coming on the podcast. So, gentlemen, this was a lot of fun. I, I have to say it's a so. long one. A lot it, of football. A lot I of love football it. to talk. You think I, you, you would think that with less games, the sh- the podcast would be shorter. It would be shorter if it was longer. <laughs> hey, <laughs> it was hey longer. You, you know what we're gonna call this the super wild card weekend podcast. The super wild card weekend podcast. Okay. So next week, once again, <laughs> we have the Rams, Packers, Ravens, Bills, Browns, Chiefs, Buccaneers, Saints. Gentlemen, let's do it again next week. How about it? Three man booth, all playoffs. We already sounds good. Here, let's do it again next week for Carlos, Dan. I'm Josh. As always, big thanks to our sponsors Regroup Building Services, PM Plus Reserves, Shenandoah Primitives, and Chief Graphics. Thank you, Chief Graphics. You're welcome. Make sure you check out the Kirby on Sports podcast on all streaming platforms via anchor.fm slash the Kirby on Sports podcast. This and was really you follow fun. us on socials. Yes, on all social media platforms as well. Our Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, everything. Follow us there. Gentlemen, this was a lot of fun. Until next week, continue to create greatness, and we will catch you next time. Peace out. Uh-huh.